I gotta go to bed, I'm tired. I need to get some more coffee and get up. <sighs> Good luck with your day, I hope everything goes amazing. I hope you have sweet dreams of... whatever. <laughs> sweet, will do. Did you hear it? Did you no. get the clap? Did you get the clap? What's up, everybody? What is it? What's happening? What is uh, going on right now? Where are we? Are we in the future? Are we in AI right now? Is this an AI screen? I feel a disturbance in the force. I feel. It's the wireless it's show. It's the wireless yeah! show. Welcome, everybody. Hey, we have oh a gosh, rare occasion. to have you back. Iceman in his true evil layer dark mode. <laughs> Coming from Vlad's basement. <laughs> Turns out even the Shadow King of Scotland can't pay the electricity bills and they cut his power. So that's why he's all in the dark. <laughs> Running on battery, man. And coffee. And uh, Celsius. But yeah. It's not my wake up time. It's my bedtime. So I should probably not do yes, that. Everybody, um, heads up. Uh, dark Matter is extremely sleepy. He was about to fall asleep prior to the stream. Iceman just woke up. I have a headache. This is going to be a true <laughs> shit show. We're so sorry for you. In, <laughs> in true it's shit like... show fashion, we're bringing <laughs> you the show. best. We're bringing you the best shit show that we could possibly give you. The we damn are, A game coming up now. We are bringing we got... you the lowest of the low of tech podcasting. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody lower than our shit show. We're bringing you the low of the low for sure. But it will be for funny sure. as fuck. Hopefully. Fuck. Hopefully. Hopefully at least one of you thinks it's funny. Yeah. We had a whole section dedicated to fisting today, but we will not cover that. So <laughs> it's, That's pure shit talk, so yes. Uh, well, it looks like we just got kicked off YouTube. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could be anything, right? I mean, I didn't talk about... Never mind. How was your week? We'll start with Iceman. Iceman, uh, well, Iceman is tired as fuck. I don't know. Do you know the concept of the zone? I've never heard of that before. Say it again. All right. You don't I think, know he, I think he said the, the zone. zone. You know, it's when you get into the zone. Is is that like the secret? It's uh, okay. For developers, it's, we have something we call our Nirvana place. It's the zone. You know, we yeah, get into yeah. the zone, the code just flowing from our brains straight out of. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have the zone. It's the best place ever to be in. Did manage to be in the zone for two and a half days this weekend and oh. Monday. I was like oh. spending things, fixing things and feeling like, yes. This is awesome. And that also means that you feel us now when you're coming out of it and you're like, I don't have a life. I need yeah. to get out. <laughs> so I woke up this morning knowing I have to do this recording and it's a snowstorm outside. I'm like, I could have stayed in this for some more time. Hey, somebody up there is telling you, you could do more coding. But I'm not doing anything else. It's like, I have nothing new. There's no conference, nothing. I'm so happy to know that Dark Matter has been doing things. Yeah, so Dark Matter, nice segue. How was your week? Oh, that was, a, that was a good segue. I appreciate that. appreciate that. The week started off kind of crazy. So we were just, we recorded just before you were heading out to see us, right? 
you had That's a couple right. days off. Yep. And then uh, headed out to CES. Uh, was lucky enough to score a space in the startup village uh, called Eureka Park at CES uh, with Apex Storage. Wrote up a whole bunch of stuff and convinced some people to let us in. Yeah, we ended up being able to get a booth. It was super last minute. Shout out to Carfucker for the idea. I had no idea that thing had even existed. I've been going to CES for 15 years and I've never gone to the startup village. An incredible place. There is incredible tech, incredible startups. Probably the most interesting things that you could have all in one location. Such so, a cool but if you've been see. going there for 15 years and you have never stepped into it until you had a booth, that seems to be a marketing problem. I Well, it, part of the problem is, is they stick it in the basement of the Sands. Uh, well, it used to be called the Sands Convention Center. Now it's the Venetian Convention Center. Oh, right, right. And being down in the basement there, you usually don't even think about it. And you don't really think about going down there because you're already covering thousands of square footage at the Las Vegas Convention Center, thousands of footage of the upper two floors of the Venetian, the various suites, tons of other hotels where there's content. Next thing you know, there's just an unending amount. I don't even get a, like in all of the years I've ever gone, I have never visited every single part of all of CES. I've right. never made it to everything. It's just too big. It's just too big to see it all. So I usually always like try to go see the cool stuff, uh, try to see stuff that hits my interest and try to see so, stuff that so might be able to make relationships in the future. Don't know about CES. Mm -hmm. What's the elevator pitch of CES? So it's literally called the Consumer Electronics Show. The idea is they're showing all of the cool tech, all of the neat things that are coming out or have just been released or things that are coming out in the next three to five years, basically like one or two locations. It used to be one location. Now it's spread out a bunch because it's so big. And this is literally everything. This is from your Wi-Fi adapters, your Wi-Fi routers, to your refrigerators, to your toilets, to your showers, to like self-cleaning appliances, to bikes, to scooters, to like, you name it. It's literally cars. Uh, this year, uh, they had a self-driving semi-truck, Peterbilt, full-sized, like literally everything. It's such, it's such like the place where so many people come and release the tech that's going to be coming out over the next year or two. It's the future. It is the future. It's it's like if you go to Japan, but they brought it to Las Vegas. I assume you spend most of your time at your booth, you know, pampering to to people with potential business. Actually, leaders. not. Actually, didn't spend hardly any time there. I was there for a little bit. Me and my friend Henry, a partner in the pro in the program, he mostly stayed at the booth, and then I went out and sought out companies that we could potentially synergize with or meet up with or met up with uh, a couple of different I was I was uh, had an interview with Radal the Radal YouTube channel met up with uh, some other famous YouTubers friends of the program snubs so <laughs> yeah no just uh, went out and uh, tried to meet up with people um, I've always had awesome opportunity at CES to meet some incredible folks whether it's journalists in the past who have covered the Wi-Fi cactus uh, YouTubers, tech YouTubers, uh, met a number of tech YouTubers over the last few years. Always just been able to have some really cool experiences there. So, but so, this year right. the goal was like, we're bringing Apex and see if we can find some use cases, find some people who want to buy some cards and see if we can, uh, build this company up. So in the past you went as a visitor, right? So yep. to see the new tech or in, in attendee. And then also, right. uh, two years ago, three years ago and two years ago, I was able to go as an influencer. Oh. So 
Wait, how the fuck did that happen? <laughs> well, it turns out I had enough uh, social media cred to pull oh. that off. So. <laughs> All your fanboys and shit actually paid So, okay, for... side note, real quick, quick CES history for those of you who may not be aware. So years and years ago, there used to be this coveted badge. So basically CES 2, sometimes you can get some really cool swag. Uh, they give away like neat stuff. Um, like, for example, I got my first YubiKey from the company YubiKey at CES, uh, the, the first year they launched. And so like I had a YubiKey before anyone else could, you, before you could even buy it, I had one that I was playing with. And so you can just get your hands on cool tech. But back in the day, it used to be that you had to have a badge with the title buyer on it if you had buyer on it people would be like oh come to our booth you know what can you do because they want you to buy all their shit right and then now what happened in the last i'd say like six years is the badge that they all care about is the media badge if you can get a media badge press or influencer badge that's who they want to bring to your path because it's like you come with a buyer they're like we don't care we don't care that you can buy our product what we want you to do is we want you to write articles that's how i got uh ub keys i've gotten like mouse uh mouses i've gotten mouse pads i've gotten like i don't know just insane types of stuff i've gotten a video capture card there i've gotten like crazy stuff so Press passes are the way to go to CES. That's that's how you can get. You get invited. Oh, and they give you lunch and they have like special meetups. Actually, there was a booth. They had a very exclusive meetup for tech. And well, they had beer and they were pouring beers for people. And I'm like, hey, I want a beer. And they're like, they looked at my badge and they're like, you're not good enough. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, it's a press only. It's it's press by invite only. And I was like, oh, but I just want I just want a beer. I've just been slaving away at my booth. Yeah, see, yes, it's it's a wild, wild animal. Like see some of the dumbest tech in the world and the stupidest things. And you can also see some of the coolest tech that they're trying to take and shove it into the some of the dumbest stuff in the world. I don't know. I just, I always love going. I've done a ton of war walking there. I've captured a ton of really interesting data. Uh, you can go look at some of my previous talks. I've talked about capturing data at CES, caught yeah, like emails and things like that in the wild, unencrypted stuff, lots of fun stuff. So, and plus it's a convergence of like, I think this year they said it was 350 or 400,000 people that converged on Las Vegas. It is a crazy time. <laughs> it's fun. What were the couple of things that you were like, well, that's kind of cool. And well, that's kind of oh. stupid. I, I have I have a bunch. Okay. Okay. So first one was I was walking through the halls and it was in the startup area. Um, walked past it said RFI mm -hmm. and I was like, what the fuck is RFI? Had little radio waves going away from the logo. I'm like, huh. Guy comes out and he's like, oh, we can give you all sorts of bandwidth. We can give you all the bandwidth. Okay. Is this like, is this wireless? And he's like, no, 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 it's not wireless. I'm like, okay, what is it? He's like, it's infrared. And immediately I was like, all right, you piqued my interest. Like we're going back to freaking Palm Pilots, like shooting infrared with each other, right? Oh, or not God. Palm Pilots. So I'm like, oh, dude, we're we're back to infrared with Palm Pilots. I'm like, oh, okay, you've got my interest. You said 200 megabits. Tell me, explain to me what it is. So what it is, it's an IR emitter and receiver that you put up in your yeah. office room, in your office or in your room. And it has a range of about 30 feet 
and it will do 200 megabits to a receiver and it looks just like a wi-fi dongle except for the wi-fi dongle is the plastic is fully transparent to ir and the whole thing's one big ir receiver and transmitter so it's basically just showering the entire room with infrared right. and it's not like a replacement tech for wi-fi but it's supposed to be like a companion tech so you could do like streaming or because they had like a video test um, and it will also do TCP over it. And then I was trying to get them to talk about their protocols, but it was all proprietary protocol stuff that they have. But I was like, oh, interesting. 200 megabits. You're like, you're talking about some serious modulation and doing it over infrared. I'm like, that's bold. That's bold cotton. So I was like, okay, well, what types of interference? Because like, I, like if you get your TV remote and you have the sun blasting on your TV, that'll break your TV, right? Because yeah. there's IR coming in, in the sunlight. He's like, oh, well, I haven't really seen that. And I'm like, okay, well, you need to try it in a sunny room because I bet you that's going to cause problems. And he's like, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. We did have a use case where someone came in with night vision goggles that used infrared illumination. And he's like, that'll DDoS our whole system. And I was like, oh, interesting. So, but still I was like, oh, that's pretty clever. Like people are trying to use different, you know, different. You know, the simultaneous translation systems that Bosch has is all infrared. There's so when you set it up, there's a giant emitter in front of the hole on the right next to the presenter. And yeah. the receiver is all infrared. It just sends it over infrared. That's I interesting. Think it's kind of super interesting. Do you know? When you have is night vision outside work for your poachers or if mm -hmm. you want to lit things up and you and you blast up IR in order to lit it up, you could just exchange that with their broadcasting system. So you get yeah. dual effect. You you will blast up so you can see outside and have communications to your like garage or whatever you want to have if you want some extending things. Yeah, you can buy infrared floodlights. They're about you know this big, just you know yeah. blast. Um, giant infrared, now the yeah. interesting thing about infrared is that if you do not have an IR filter on your camera lens, it will go through blue, mm -hmm. which means if you're wearing blue, you end up being naked on infrared cameras. Right. What? That was a big thing. Now I know why you're always wearing blue. <laughs> oh, people have to ask. I'll, I'll get naked. No, uh, that was a big issue because in the 80s and 90s, a lot of Olympic athletes were shot with uh, modified infra uh, night vision video cams that would sh make the swimsuits they were wearing see-through and it became such an issue that the swimsuit industry developed infrared resistant fabric so that infrared will still bounce off so it won't see through mm -hmm. but regular clothes it will still do so wow crazy now crazy I just need to test that somehow you can test it. I mean, you know, the, the the issue is that a lot of lenses, cameras now, digital cameras have an IR filter in front of it. So what was the what was the dumbest thing you saw at CES going back? Hold on, hold on real quick. I just want to shout yeah. out. This is called Photon Phi is the name of okay. the company. Interesting tech. Uh, I definitely want to get something, an IR receiver and see if I can man in the middle of this and capture packets and see if they're actually encrypting. They should in come to the RF village at DEF CON if they think their yeah. system is hack proof. <laughs> well, I mean, they say it's secure. They say it's secure and they say it's reliable and that it improves latency. So those are their three tenants. So, and it's a proprietary encoding scheme. So, but he did mention that it was like, had some similarities to OFDM, which is what mm. Wi-Fi uses. So, right. but obviously they're using infrared and to be able to get 200 megabits 
per second of transfer you're doing you're doing some interesting encoding so because most serial that i or most infrared transmitters stuff that i've seen is pretty low bit rate so pretty cool stuff definitely interested all right so now the dumbest stuff that i've seen well there was two dumb things so there's one there was a booth near our booth it was called ai life and it was a i don't even know like it was basically kind of like a robot a mannequin that was like kind of prototyped had like a motor that moved the face a tablet and you'd walk up to the tablet and talk to the tablet and then it would like identify you but it also had cameras inside of the robot looking thing and the robot was supposed to do things i don't know how many times but i swear it was at least 30 times that it played the same adele song over and over <laughs> again and like before like big adele fan like i would love to hear some adele no big deal now i like cringe at hearing the sound of adele because it, it was this AI robot, allegedly AI robot, that started started just singing <laughs> Adele. And it wasn't even singing, it was just playing it. And the dude that was running the booth had it like cranked up to 11. So it was like so loud and so annoying. And I'm just like, bruh, turn off your robot. Nobody cares. Obviously, this isn't real AI because it wouldn't play the same damn Adele song 30 times. Or it is closer to humans than we like it to be. And it's just a big Adele fan. And maybe it's, it's just a big totally shit yeah. out of me. So I, yeah. So, all right. <laughs> there was that. And then the absolute dumbest thing that I saw that I ran across AI backpack. So, guess what this AI backpack does? I don't know. It tells it, you if your homework is in your backpack it, or not. Tells, it, no, tells you how heavy it is. Nope, nope. It doesn't tell you that either. It doesn't tell you any of those things. So, you know what the malls have you guys ever been to the malls and you see those backpacks that basically have really awesome LED arrays on them? And you can oh, yeah, yeah, the on final, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember? I think I think uh, Medic had one. Medic made one and created yeah. a Wi-Fi hotspot, yeah. and you could like log in. You could put your own image on it. Like if you could log in, you could put your own thing. You could paint yeah. on it, etc. So it's basically one of those, right? But it was an AI backpack, so it had AI built in. So the AI was you could talk to it, and then it may or may not generate a picture based on you talking to the uh, to, to it to generate the picture. That was it. There was no real AI in it. I don't think it was AI. I think it was just One like voice they wanted to add AI to it because this year at CES, the statement was everything AI. Um, and holograms, wasn't like it? That. I think you showed us pictures from holograms. I was following Well, so that tech's very... been around for about eight or 10 years. Right. But this year, what they did that was unique, uh, they added more LEDs onto the blades so it had much higher definition and yeah those were cool that was cool and then the other thing that was really cool too was the see-through the oh, tvs yeah. oh, were fully oh. see-through by I'm lg I'm I'm yeah, yeah 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 and so all i could think about do you know what the church of the future looks like it's gonna be tons of these see-through tvs because it's gonna be the stained glass of the future but then you're gonna start producing ads <laughs> i'm like dude we're like one step away from i don't know what was a blade runner no minority report where minority the ad report. just follows you all the yeah Ooh. like we're so close to all of those oh also the uh sk hynix i i think of them sk hynix because that's the memory but there's like a bigger electronics company called sk sk had like an actual theme park going on inside of there they had the little train you could ride around the 
the event, fully immersive thing that was suspended by the ceiling. And then it was like a ride with wraparound screen. And then they also had a mini sphere, like the sphere that's in Vegas. They oh, no, I saw that. The orange. Yeah, yeah. It was dope. It looked really good. Yeah, I mean, this CES was was intense. See anything way cool in, in our domain, RFID, wireless? So, I mean, there's an infrared one, but... Yeah, yeah. Well, I have another one down that same alley. And so this one was... Um, I don't remember what they were called. Let me see if I can find a picture of it real quick. Their idea is to use your own body's capacitance as a transportation network. So then you couple your all of your devices to that network, and then you have a personal area. Like there's been personal area network. The PAN has been uh, put out there before, but this is based off of physical proximity. So then your devices are then coupled to your capacitance and then be able to send signals to other devices. So they had on display two, like a haptic watch that you could wear on both hands. And then it would like measure, like, for example, a step counter, things like that. And then they could intercommunicate to each other from each arm. And then they had that going to glasses that had camera in them full and then have that all going to your cell phone. And so it wasn't using any wireless. It was literally just coupling to the capacitance in your body i sat there and talked to him for like 30 minutes on like the physics of how it works how you could man in the middle and you like would have to walk up touch a thing to someone to be able to man in the middle <laughs> it would get rather weird if you start trying to hack into that network that was a pretty clever pretty cool idea i don't know if there's any voodoo going on in the background, they did have waveforms and diagrams and things of the actual things that were happening. In the end, they're gonna sell. They're, they're gonna sell you crystals. Right? <laughs> we got to get your energy better. Your energy is down a little bit. Your energy is dirty. To clean up your energy. Yeah, we need to filter your energy. Did you get a chance to go to the bitch slapping for the eight eight one two series? I didn't, but I went to the TP Link booth and tried to lay some smack down with those guys. <laughs> it turns out I ran into their wireless security engineer who happened to just be at their booth. And he's like, you know what's never going to be broken? WPA3. And I was like, oh, that's cute because uh, Dragon Blood. Well, that's hypothetical. Nobody's actually ever really implemented that in the wild and blah, blah. And I was like, okay, A, awesome. Because he was talking about their companies actually looking at disabling WPA2 and WPA, like previous WPAs, all newer devices. So they're going to stop because they want to like focus on full security. So they're starting to eliminate legacy support. So I was like, man, that's pretty cool. That's pretty bold step. So watch for TP link to do some things hardcore and security, but also it's gonna uh, knock off a shit ton of devices, but <laughs> they're, uh, they're, they're pretty confident in their unhackability. So if anyone's working on some WPA three hacks, uh, TP link will probably pay some bounties. So just throwing <laughs> that out there because they're making right. some bold claims with their new routers and their new stuff, all their stuff. They actually have some pretty cool stuff. They have some, uh, Wi-Fi seven mesh stuff, multi-room automatically connect lots of bandwidth doing stuff in six gigahertz so tp link was cool tried to go talk to the folks at MediaTek. i uh, couldn't get in to talk to them turns out it was by appointment only hmm. and uh they didn't want to hear from a guy from the wireless shit show i'm like listen i use your guys' stuff and i showed him pictures of like projects i've done and the very nice receptionist was like I'm sorry, our schedule is full. Who are you again? Why are you here? <laughs> didn't you didn't you go all like, dude, I'm dark matter. Don't you know who I am? I want to talk to your supervisor. I'm famous. You God, 
should let me know. I'm world famous. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you one company, though, that was like super open arms and has been amazing as media. Mm. If anyone knew who as media is, as media makes a bunch of different types of chips. Uh, they make PCI Express chips and a bunch of other stuff. Those guys were like, I showed up. They're sweet. Nobody's in there. I walk in and they're like, here, have some tea and coffee. Come hang out with us. Tell us about your project. Because I showed them a board I built right. using their products. And they were like blown away the things that I had built with their projects. So uh, it was fun to meet them. And now I have a personal cell phone number of the head of global sales for Asmedia. Hopefully I can make some more projects in the future with those guys. Cause Asmedia, uh, you want to sponsor slot? You can have a they, big one right now. They, they, <laughs> they just released a brand new at CES this year, a brand new USB four to PCI express adapter. Mm. That's going to open up some pretty cool options as far as like GPU docs, uh, our storage card, a bunch of peripherals you can hook up now that are internal peripherals that you can now hook up to PC USB things that, you thought you had to have a PC for, you might be able to hook up to a laptop or a Nook. That's very cool. That's very cool. You're going to go to Shmoo after CES, right? Yeah, that was the original plan. I ended up staying at CES for two extra days because of how awesome things were going, all the tech and being able to see things and connect with people. There's a lot of companies really just push it on. And then, so then we got smashed with snow in Utah. And, and then I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to actually get out. I don't know if I'm going to be able to fly out. I, I don't know what's going to happen. So I started putting all the pieces together and then they made the announcement that ShmooCon next year is going to be the last one. Yep. So I was like, oh man, so many hard decisions. In the end, I didn't end up making out to shmoo ended up changing some of my travel plans yeah also so... i was i was beat like i mm. was beat down i every single day i was doing between twenty thousand and thirty thousand steps and then on top of that like i was talking like crazy i was up every morning because we had to set up the booth every morning before 8 a.m we had to have the booth up and going because they would only let you in with excess gear before 9 a.m so we had to make sure we had all of our excess gear in and set up. And then I was out till like 10 or 11 each night, just going through everything with people, going to dinner with people that I had met, talking, meeting, all the conference things. And it was just like, by the time I was ready to go to Shmoo, <laughs> there there was one day left. They said it was going to be the last one ever. And I, and I didn't have a ticket. Well, it's not the last one ever. Next year is going to be the last one ever. Well, that's what I mean. Last year, right. next year is going to be the last one ever. So I was like, I'm just going to have to set my calendar out for next year and just make it a big hurrah. Yeah. So. so I didn't go to Shmukon either. It's been a while since I haven't showed up because for at least for the last six or seven years, I've gone. Regardless if I had a ticket or not, I, mm -hmm. I've been lucky enough that most of the times I ended up getting a ticket or shared a ticket with somebody so I could go down to see the things that I wanted to see. So, um, but this year, um, I had some things that I wanted to take care of. Um, also because I did the uh, Saint con last year, it just felt a bit too close to previous con for me. So I was just like, oh, I'm just going to skip this year. Then everybody out of the woodworks is DMing me go like next year's the last one. Next year's the last one, dude, just because I'm not posting doesn't mean I'm not on the internet anymore. You know, just like, <laughs> I, I can see this, you know, that Bruce and Heidi announced that, you know, next year is going to be the last ones. I retired from my conference after 10 years. 
And I thought that was a long run. 25 years is a very long run. Uh, Heidi and Bruce are good friends of mine. I, I consider them good friends of mine. Uh, much respect. Thanks for all the memories. And, you know, Shmugana always has been at one of my favorite conferences. Um, I have uh, been able to attend to this year, you know, I was just like, you know, I was sad that I missed it. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, it's kind of okay. You know, it's like, it's fitting. Um, Literally the birthplace of the Wi-Fi cactus was right. at Shmoocon. Right, so, you mentioned that. Like, like, so yeah, for those people absolutely. who don't know so, the story, how did Shmoocon give birth to the Wi-Fi cactus? So I had just gotten done with DEF CON and had do, done some crazy wireless projects where I had uh, some wireless adapters in my backpack, had some cool data. Actually, it was all by happenstance because A, I didn't have a ticket to ShmooCon, was out in Long Island for work. So I was staying in Manhattan and then working in Long Island. I looked at the map. I had heard about it, and but I had never been on my list of like, yeah, I'm definitely going to ShmooCon because it just seemed like an unattainable conference. I looked at a map and was like, oh, wow, I'm only three hours drive from DC. So I tweeted, I'm like, hey, I don't have a ticket. I don't have anything and I don't have to work over the weekend, but I'm going to be working. And Grifter of all people is like, bitch, get your ass down here. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, okay, Gr all Grifter, right, all right. Grifter yeah. calls everybody that. That was the last time he called me. On St. Con, he's like, bitch, better get over here. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the invitation was extended and all I had to do is pay for the tank of gas. I already had the rental car and everything because of work and whatnot. So screw it. No ticket, no hotel plans, nothing. I literally just got in the car and just started driving. Uh, pulled over at a place to fill up for gas and then found the hotel across the street still had rooms, which is no longer a hotel. It used to be yeah. a Marriott. Well, found a room there uh, for two nights, ended up showing up at Shmoocon. And then as soon as I got in, as soon as I parked the car and packed the bags, walked over, uh, there was somebody there that had an extra badge. And I was like, all right, I'll buy it. And they're like, nah, you can have it. Our company bought the badges. We have an extra. You seem like a cool guy. You can have it. I was like, no way. So I ended up getting a free badge that year. Was super thankful. Basically went and bought the guy a beer. Went downstairs, started to enjoy the conference. And it just so happened that Hack 5 was there. And Darren Kitchen was there doing all the Hack 5 things. Busted open my backpack and like, look at all the things I did at DEF CON. And this is what I did. And I just started going back and forth with him on like, oh, I would love to do this and this and this and make it bigger and this and he's like what if i sent you a box two boxes of wi-fi pineapples what would you do with that and i'm like i would make this like i have this idea i want to stack them all together i want to put them in a backpack i would just make a giant version of what i just did and he's like all right cool give me your info and i'm like okay there's no way that this is actually going to happen like it just it's yeah you know how sometimes you talk to people at conferences and yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. they're like oh everything, i'll like, text you a million dollars yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then it's like you get home and nothing happens literally five Five days after I got back from ShmooCon, there was two giant ass boxes. I ended up with almost 50 Wi-Fi pineapples, wow. all the latest Hack 5 stuff. And it just had a note that was just like, get after it. Like, go, go build some cool shit. And I was just like, wait, what? And then it hit me. It's like, oh, I've actually got to build a thing now. <laughs> like, yeah. I actually have to pull this off. I think off. the story after that is on the Hack 5 YouTube channel. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, but it's a good story. You know, it's an awesome um, story. I mean, everybody knows the Wi-Fi cactus, but not everybody knows that isn't like a standalone project. It's built on previous projects, right? The cactus itself is a one-trick pony, but it has given birth to... You're a one-trick pony. <laughs>
I am. <laughs> but I don't deny that. <laughs> but it has given birth to a lot of projects past that. And, you know, that's that's kind of the, the one thing I like about Shimu is that ShimuCon, like, was one of the few conferences you can actually have a good sit down and talk to somebody mm -hmm. or meet the people you're interested in, right? Uh, I think it was I, different there, wasn't it, Shmoo? Shmoo has this... Yeah. The lobby up there, the bar. Is yeah, I mean, the way it's structured, go from the hotel lobby, past the bars, past the restaurants, down to the conference. I mean, you, you end up bumping into everybody, right? I mean, and I had some great conversations around like four o'clock in the morning. Somebody will bring up something or, you know, I mean, I remember, I think it was Woody's first ShmooCon. And I'm sitting in the lobby and there's a bunch of other people like Highways was there. I think Grifter was there and like a bunch of other people were sitting around. And Woody comes in sweating in just a t-shirt and jeans i'm like dude it's fucking cold out there why are you sweating he's like oh i've been you know and woody's like oh you know like oh he's like you know oh i've been running around guitar i was just trying to find a beer all oh, the pastatas are closed i'm like woody there's a fucking conference going on why don't you ask somebody he's like well i don't know any of these people he's like so i turn around like yo anybody got a beer for woody and everyone's like yeah and then just woody just goes yeah. <laughs> collecting these beers or three o'clock at night, somebody orders like 40 pizzas and suddenly oh. that whole counter is full of pizzas, you know? <laughs> Someone found Krispy Kremes and White Castle. The craziest story or one of the craziest stories is that I think Ray did Redacted was held in court at the lobby all, all throughout Chmukon and people were just coming in and coming go. And I think it was Pollock and some other people were sitting around they kept we kept running out of alcohol so they would do a booze shop run every time they went because the cheap stuff was all gone they end up buying more expensive alcohol that was that was left so they kept right, buying right. this and i think at the end pollock ended up like with like a doer's jersey or something because the guy at the shop was like here have these gifts and like start giving me swag got <laughs> all these weird t-shirts and, and like jackets and, and glasses and, and you know we were holding uh we were holding court um there was one time i don't know if i should name them probably not no mm -hmm. probably not there was one time a friend of mine and i were hanging out right next to the elevator there used to be this big kiosk i don't know if it was still there last year or not we kept popping the shell on that we kept oh it's crashing, still there right? yeah yeah the the screen and then a friend of ours would just draw art on it and the security guard would come in reset the device and then go back and then we'll pop a shell again <laughs> he would draw again and this turned into this big cat and mouse chase game of us just like we had like people stationed around the corner going yeah just signaling when the security guard was coming in at the end they just kind of unplugged it and turned it off and just left it there but yeah there's a lot of shenanigans going on pre-covid isn't it always a uh, fire on shmookon yeah there's also the saturday night fire alarm every year it has been yeah, I have a fond memory. I mean, I met a great, I made a lot of good friends. I made a, I just like, you know, smoking. one thing pre pre COVID that I, that yeah. I missed that went away with, with COVID was the, the huge dance party on Saturday oh, yeah, night. Yeah. That was always really fun. Like it didn't matter if you were going to actually dance, but like by far there was like a ton of people on the dance floor. There's a ton of people socializing around the peripheral. It wasn't just like, like probably the extreme is like the black hat parties, right? Like you get the black hat parties. It's just loud, obnoxious music. Sometimes it's good DJ. Sometimes it's not. You can't talk with anyone. And, and then at ShmooCon, it was like, 
there is a place for people to dance. There's plenty of space for that, but there's also plenty of space for people to just chill and hang out around the outside when they did away with that. And then they turned it into like game nights and which they, those were all cool, but man, that those dance parties, I had some great nights on those dance parties man. it was fun. You like, the and dance, they so. always had, they always had like sec Barbie was DJing and like, you know, all the, all the homies were DJing. So yeah. it was, it was dope. So I'm definitely, sad, definitely a sad. Yeah. But at the same time, I also feel for Heidi and Bruce. I mean, running it for 25 years, it's not like this could be handed off to somebody and say, Hey, go run Shmoo. How many times have you been to Shmoo Ice, man? I have only been once. Ah, was that last year? Beginning of last year. Oh, yeah. And I was like, uh, like you said, it's too many conferences last year. So I was like, uh, I, had to, I don't want to go. I never regret things in my life in that sense for the last 10 years. I don't regret my decisions. But this was one of those rare moments <laughs> where like, I saw the shit on Twitter about this last Shmoo next year. I'm like, fuck, this was a bad decision. But it is what it is. But yeah, yeah I would have gone. I like Shmoo. Shmoo's uh, smaller. I like the idea that it's, everybody's in the same hotel. Everybody's in the lobby. And actually, it's very much social. Yeah. In, in Defcon and Black Hat and Albans, it's, it's everybody's everywhere. It's it's different from SaintCon as well. And I mean, Washington is kind of an interesting place to be at because of you know, history. ShmooCon is also the birthplace of Kentaro's birthday of every HackerCon. Pranked by <laughs> Clay and uh, the Veeks. So I'm sitting, I was eating dinner one year. Eddie was there. I think Monkey was there. There's a bunch of other people, uh, you know, my friends were there. They're like, oh, Kedar, we got to go to the lobby. We got to meet this person. I'm like, what the fuck, man? I'm eating. I'm sitting down, having a good meal. It's, uh, I don't want to go. It's like, no, no, we got to go. We got to go. I go there. Fucking Clay had like dressed up the whole lobby with balloons and ducks. And there were other people too that were not at the conference, you know, there were normies, you know. And then Clay comes out with this like, massive tray of cupcakes singing happy birthday and i'm like not my fucking birthday and then bad comes here is like here here's your birthday we got your birthday gift now here's where it gets fucked up um web jedi got a tattoo because they had to go to the she went to the tattoo parlor to get this hoodie for my birthday party not birthday birthday party and end up getting a tattoo and I'm like, you are way too committed for this thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so and then people come up to me like, oh, is it a verse? Like, no, it's not my fucking birthday. Or like, you know, and then that's how it all started. I think that, but that's a sign, right? About the greatness of Shmukon, right? I mean, anybody who's gone there for a couple of years, they all have a story like that where they can go, oh yeah, you know, I met this person here and we talked about it and it just ballooned into this and that. And if I look at it, if I remember my first Shmoo coming as an outsider, not knowing people because it's a very American conference. You know, everybody yeah, in America, yeah, yeah. everybody who's anyone in the hacker communities is at Shmoo, I realize. Well, Dark Matter but, is so. Yeah, exactly. You and Dark Matter was there. When I got there, I realized that I actually could talk to all of these people that I wanted to talk to because they were approachable and reachable and in a social environment where they were more relaxed. When you meet all of these people or see these people, I have a talk. Like definitely on Black Cat, they're really psyched for that. Yeah. Or like you guys are working for the NOC. They're either like doing the CTFs or whatever. They're really, really, you know, busy. And there's so many people want to meet them. So you have a very rare chance of meeting up with people on different conferences. At Shmoo, you really got the time to you know, just sit and socialize with many of those people. I, I like that. And I, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I have a very fond memory. My, my one time is a fond memory of it. Hey, mm. But I think that I think that shows the, the the uniqueness of Shmoo, right? 
There was a one year, Mike, remember that year we were sitting at that bar and this kid comes up to me and goes, Hey, are you Kintaro? I follow you on Twitter. I'm like, yeah. And Mike is giving me shit. I'm like, oh, you're internet famous. You're a fucking rock star. And I'm like, no, no, hold on, hold on. Right. <laughs> so I turn to the kid and go, hey, you know the Wi-Fi cactus? He goes, yeah, I love Dark Matter, man. That guy is awesome. I point at Mike. He's like, that's the guy. He just doesn't have it on. The kid just jumps up and goes, oh, my God, oh, my God. And like, so I'm going like, you are a fucking rock star, you know? <laughs> Everybody has stories like that from Shmoo, right? You know, the Stargate auction, you know, Lintel oh, and Danny, and if it, you know, all the games that they've put up there. All the shenanigans. I mean, one year, I think Danny took over. I just tweeted at him, actually. Tweeted at Danny saying, hey, next year, Smooth, last year, you want to do 72-hour streaming live event from this lobby? So we'll see how it goes. I mean, yeah, one year, they had the whole studio set up there. You, Mike, and I, you know, we had a chance to get interviewed by them. And the hotel puts up with us, you know, like, like you know, for the shenanigans that we pull, they have been, they have been very... Um, very reasonable. Very reasonable about that. So the reason why Rip It became our energy drink mascot is exactly because of Shmoo too. Like I see her in that one year, I'm sitting at the wireless village comes in and you know, we're talking about energy drinks. It's like, Hey, Kentaria, have you ever had rip it? I'm like, I look at it and there's this, this, this can that is like, you know, has like the American flag with a soldier on it. And I'm like, dude, this is like Merca fuck you in a can. And he goes, yeah. So I'm just like, I take it and I'm like, oh my God, this is, even it tastes like Merca fuck yeah. <laughs> I see her and it's just like, yeah. Then it became a thing. Reka showed up at Defcon with a cooler box. I singe, you know, I gave singe one. Singe is like, it's not good. I'm like, it's not the point, Singe. It's one of those <laughs> things you got to experience. Right, right. He's like, my tongue is burning. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know? A lot of shenanigans, a lot of stories. A lot of stories. I've started at, at Shmoo, I think, you know, and uh, 25 well, I mean, years even is, is commendable. I don't, I don't want it to be a sad note. I think it, we should celebrate. I'm, I'm more interested in, in the next year. It's going to be a hell to get tickets. It's oh, already is. It's always hell. It's, always, I know, it's been hell since the, the beginning one. of time. With that said, I want ticket already. I'm, I'm just saying that the wireless shit show wants to love to be broadcasting and stuff at live at Spookcom last year, you know, going the, up with a boom. It's going to be the birthday, secret. Here's the secret. Here's the secret to Shmoo. And it was the only year that I have ever had a guaranteed ticket to Shmookon. And I've gone uh, seven times. This would have been my eighth year going. Uh, here's the only guaranteed year that I've ever had a ticket getting accepted for a talk with Kintaro. That was the only year that I had a guaranteed ticket. I was about to say, that's the only time I actually had a, had a real, like, I didn't buy it off somebody who couldn't go or borrow somebody's badge or anything. It's the only time I got a ticket was like that talk that Mike and I did about war war driving. Again, which was awesome that they allowed us to come do that talk and the shenanigans that we did. I just I just have so much appreciation for Heidi and Bruce and freaking ShmooCon, the Schmoo the Schmoo group and all the people for the opportunities that has afforded me. Like it's it's legit made my career. I don't think it's a sad moment. I think it's a I think we should celebrate the last twenty five years, you know, what Schmoo allowed us to become good friends. You know, without many people, brought a lot of people together, gave birth to a lot of interesting stories, I think. Totally. You know, I think uh, it's got a lot of stories of friendships, a lot of uh, hacker projects, like yeah. we talked about. And uh, I think it also solidify networking in a different level. And it's always good memories. It's a good party as well. And it's always funny because there are people who I met at, who I'll see at Shmoo, but don't, 
not see in Vegas? Because I know some people don't go to Vegas. You know, it's the same with Saint Con. You know, there's the people I met at Saint Con that never been to Vegas, and I understand. Mm -hmm. You know, we're gonna have to find a new reason to to see those people who will will never come to Vegas. What will take the place of Shmoocon? I don't think anything will take the place of Shmoocon. That's a great question. I mean, that location was so perfect, but at the same time, if you were to start something there, it wouldn't be the same. I think. There's a lot about conferences that are the people, right? The people yeah. and who they bring in. And this is going to create a void and something's going to fill that void. It always does. Something about DerbyCon was the same thing, wasn't it? Also. Yeah. A lot of people were sad that DerbyCon ended. You know, here, here's the thing. A lot of people, if you get involved in organizing a conference, you realize how, how much time it actually takes, right? I think pre-COVID, we saw an era where there was a conference almost every weekend. And I'm sitting there, there's no way there's that much content. There's no way there's that much people organizing good quality conferences. And then COVID happened and a lot of these conferences went away. And for good right. or bad, I mean, that's just the way it is, I think. I mean, but if you want to do a solid conference, you know, starting a conference is, is relatively easy compared to keeping it going. 25 years is a very long time. I mean, that's the longest. Considering DEFCON will be 32, 32 right? Well, and then not only that, it just wasn't just keeping it going. It's like maintaining like a level of, yeah. you know, the high quality that it was, the speaker selection, mm -hmm. the content. And then not only that, one of the biggest things that was a subtle awesomeness that I always loved about Shmoo is the swag. The, their number one rule was if you're a vendor, you have to be bringing something of value to our attendees. You can't just come here and set up and do something dumb like you legit have to do something that adds value to the attendees whether that's a ctf whether that's uh, is something that you're adding to the package that's the you know the, the gift bag that schmoo like i've had cool cable organizers that i've gotten that i still use to this day from schmoo uh notebooks like i have this really cool handwritten notebook that's like a leather bound notebook it was like a vendor thing that i like i can't even see the logo on it but it's just, it's such a dope nice thing that they provided uh one year there was like a hangover kit by one of the groups yeah it had their logo on the front but like all the stuff inside was amazing like aspirins and it's just stuff to deal with a hangover you know i think the the talk selection is very unique in a way that it isn't all infosec and it's also not all dropping zero days and talking about policy right Russ, the Fed, had a year where he talked about rebuilding a teletype and then allowing it to tweet. You know? Right, right. Yeah, that was cool. That right. was really cool. I love the, the book swap that Bad started with um, Stevens and um, allowed me to help them out. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of little lot of little pieces of the conference that I really enjoyed. Um, uh, I'll miss it for sure, but at the same time, you know, it is what it is. So congratulations, yep. I would say. Yeah, absolutely. That's huge, a huge success to be able to yeah. get to where they've yeah. gotten. Yeah. But next year, we're all going to show up. The three of 100%. us are going to work on a CFP. We'll do something like hack access cards using the Wi-Fi cactus and long range lasers with a Proxmark or something. <laughs> or with how an to... Orinoco gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or how to replicate the flipper zero with a proxmark or something. <laughs> how to add, ooh, I got it. How to add the C1101 onto the proxmark <laughs> so then your proxmark becomes a flipper zero. And control it with infrared. <laughs> yes, yes. 
over I think long it's range. Be an all frequencies uh, device. You know, <laughs> I think people call that an SDR. Yeah, <laughs> but it's going to be with apps, uh, yeah. you know, and a, and a nice logo. A um, couple show, a uh, couple um, shout outs. Toothpaste, uh, number four, I think, on the Wiggle stats right now. Yeah. Oh, oh, we're switching uh, over to the Wiggle world. Bartek, there, there is there is some competition brewing. Yeah. Competition brewing in the leaderboards. Yeah, he's uh he's throwing down the challenge from February first to the 29th for the total of the month. Uh, get your rigs ready. We'll see. February is going to be a challenge thrown down by uh, Toothpaste. Um, I think he's Bart ski on 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 the, on the twitters i just tweeted out from the wireless shit show uh twitter to danny to offer or to suggest we do a 72 hour live broadcasting from the lobby of shmooka next year if you that want to see that intense. rt that uh the other thing uh cold brew he got laid off during shmookon or after shmookon so somebody looking for a good devops hit him up Straithus Accessories is, is taking off again, so go check that out. That's it for this show, I guess. And uh, stay safe. Stay legal. It's an another show in the box. Yeah. Uh, comment on your favorite uh, Shmookon uh, personal stories down below. On yeah, the absolutely. Let us know. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye.